0: This is part one of the two-part story Help! A ghost is in my burger and a phantom ate my fries Written by Aaron Robbins This episode is intended for daring ears, nine and older On a scale where one is not scary at all The kids' scare score for this episode is a 3 out of 10
1: Welcome to Mr. Eerie's Mystery Series. My name is Edward Eerie, chief uncoverer at Mr. Eerie's Disturbing Detective Agency. If you are experiencing something odd or unusual, give my agency a ring and leave a message on the machine. What you're about to hear is from the agency's unsettling archive and is intended to help you understand the type of encounters we are qualified to engage with. Please note, while my answering machine alters the age and the tone of the caller's voice, the content of the message remains disturbingly undisturbed. For further information about our services, please direct your browsing apparatus to the address Mysteryseries.com. And now, the first part of another mysterious message left on my machine. Thank you for calling Mr. Eerie's disturbing detective agency. Please leave a message with a detailed account of your or unusual occurrence. If you're attempting to order a pizza, please note, Mr. Leary's Pizza Reary now has their own phone number. Be sure to ask for it after we forward your call. For all other matters, be sure to include a postal address or communications location so further information can reach you free of eavesdropping ears. Now prepare yourself, for the beep waits for no one.
0: Are you serious? An answering machine. You can't expect to get a five-star review on your detective services unless you have a live being answering your phone. Trust me. I know all about star reviews. You see, Mr. Eerie, I'm a food reviewer. I get paid to eat food and tell others what I think about it. Okay, fine. I don't get paid. Not yet anyway, but I will. Mark my words, you'll be reading the food reviews of Lynn Pear very, very soon. I'm 13 and a half, and I still go by my full name, Lynn R. Pear. You have to admit, it's a pretty good name for a soon-to-be food reviewer. It'd be even better if I liked pears, but I don't. Not really. I give pears two and a half stars. Odd shape, mealy texture, and derivative of apples. Same scores I give your answering machine message. Sorry, Mr. Eerie. As I always say, I call 'em like I eat 'em. Cute tagline, right? I borrowed it from my favorite food reviewer of all time. Gloris Crabtree. You think I'm a tough reviewer? Gloris Crabtree is brutal, a real legend. And you see, Mr. Eerie, that's what I'm calling about. My reviews, I've got a problem. And I can give my five star guarantee you haven't heard this question before. Let me tell you how I got to be in this pickle, and maybe, hopefully, you can help me out. Not to brag, but I live in the city, East City. It's a great place to be a future famous food reviewer. There's a lot to do in East City, and a lot to eat. We have one Finkel and Cheese. Finkel and Cheese puts the pickles on the inside of their burgers, and the pickles they come in all sorts of crazy flavors. I gave Finkel's a generous three stars. Every other reviewer gave them four or above because every other reviewer is soft. We also have two Maybe Milkshakes locations. Maybe Milkshakes uses anything but ice cream in their shakes. I tried the crab and corn shake. Let me tell you, it was disgusting. If they'd called it a soup and given me a spoon, maybe it'd be three stars. But through a straw? Gross. Two stars. You know something? They don't care about my one-star rating. Maybe Milkshakes has like a billion reviews. I guess that's the problem with living in a place that has lots to eat. Everyone thinks they're a food reviewer. When, really, only I am. Well, me and Gloris Crabtree. Lucky for me, Mrs. Crabtree doesn't review food anymore. So, there's no competition. She was the best, though. And really tough. She knew the only way you can get ahead in the food review game is by being brutally honest or being first. And that's just what I intended to do. I call them like I eat them. And hopefully I eat them first. And I guess it was that goal that caused the problem I'm calling about. You see, one afternoon, I think it was a Thursday, I was up in my room packing for a family trip. That's right. I've got parents, two of them, Lynn Pear is the only child of Kim and Jim R. Pear. Everyone in my family has a name that rhymes with whim. My grandma's name was Prim, and I have an Uncle Tim, spelled with two M's. You probably think that's lame. Right, Mr. Eerie? But I kind of like it. Makes me feel like I belong to something. So I'm Lynn with two N's, and Pear just like the two-star fruit, I will say. My name looks good at the bottom of a food review. So it was on a Thursday, or, you know what, maybe it was a Friday? Anyway, I was in my room packing for a trip— It was the start of summer, which is probably why I can't recall what day it was. I was getting ready to go on vacation. A vacation for me and my mom anyway, not for my dad. He doesn't get any time off. He travels a lot for work, and we all get to go with him. Where there's work for Jim, there's a vacation for Lynn. That's what my mom always says. I was packing up my review gear. Paper, pens, eraser, and my plastic forks. While I was packing, I had the radio on. (laughs) You see, play commercials, and lots of those commercials are about new restaurants. Sure enough, just as I was zipping up my duffel, I heard the most exciting commercial ever. Basically, it sounded like this. The Midstar Mall is smactastically proud to announce Maze Pun's Bubblegumporium. That's right, adventure poppers. Bubblegum all day long as you explore a maze made entirely of gumball machines. You know I was excited, Mr. Eerie. Like, really excited. Midstar, I thought. Sounded familiar? Did my dad say that's where we were going for his business trip? I was sure he did. Right then and there, a heating lamp switched on in my head. Maze Pun's bubblegum was going to be my big break. This was how I could get into the food review business for real. I was going to be the first teenager to review the gumporium. Before the commercial had finished, I swung open my door and leapt down the stairs to announce my plan to Kim and Jim. I mean, mom and dad. I sat down at the dinner table, and before I could say a word, my mom chimed in. Remember, Lynn, you promised not to review my food while eating it. In fact, I had. Remembered her request for no more real-time reviews of her meals. But I still did it. In my head, anyway. At the table in front of me was a bowl of dark, brothy soup. Ugh, couldn't we just eat a good old hamburger once in a while? Nope. Kim loves soup, or maybe she just loves cooking it. This one had mushrooms in it. Lots of mushrooms. I gave it 3.5 stars silently, of course. When Kim and Jim had their mouths full of soup, I announced my plan to the table. Guess what? We're going to Maze Pun's bubblegum porium, I said. My dad gazed at me with a sort of blankness. What's a gumporium? He asked. Really? You mean to tell me you've never heard of the bubblegum porium? I tried to make it sound popular, like it was so important that anyone alive should know what it was. I wanted them to feel like Kim, Jim, and Lynn were missing out on what was surely the next big thing. I don't know how we're going to do that. My dad said, slurping down another bite. I don't get sent to a lot of chewing-related towns or attractions. It's not for your work, Dad. It's for mine. It's something I can review. Something that everyone will want to read. Just think, Dad. Me, Lynn Pear. First to review the giant maze made from gumball machines stacked to the ceiling. They're all the rage overseas, and they're going to be huge here, too. And guess what, Dad? One just opened at the Midstar Mall. Isn't that where we're going for your vacation? I mean, your work? Jim twirled his spoon around the soup, he was thinking. I just couldn't tell if it was about gumball machines or mushroom soup. Midstar, I said. Come on, we'll be within a gumball's throw of it. Finally, he took another bite and looked at me. Sorry, Lynn, but we're not staying in Midstar. We're staying about an hour away, in a place called Quickstand. He paused, then added, The place that used to be called Quickstand anyway. Once my work is done, it won't be called anything. By anyone. Let me tell you something, Mr. Eerie. You don't want my dad visiting your town, because if he does, it means your town is going out of business. His title is something like phase liquidator. Basically, he helps small towns file for bankruptcy and sends anyone still living there where they need to go. Oh, I said, well, can't mom take me into Midstar while you're working? I don't want to sit around bored as a bear all day. My dad huffed out a breath. If the bears had just stayed busy, maybe I wouldn't have to go to quickstand at all, he said. I can take her gym. Thank goodness for moms with good timing and okay soup. A smile returned to my face. Huh? My dad asked as if he'd just joined the conversation. To Midstar, I can take Lynn while you're working. Oh, sure. Sounds like fun, he said. And just like that, my plan was approved and I was on my way to being a superstar food reviewer. Little did I know then, I'd never make it to Midstar. Nope, not even close. Because on the drive down, well, that's where the trouble began. Quickstand quick stand was quiet. Sure, we stopped along the road a few times so my dad could get some work done. But it was nothing out of the ordinary, at least not for the pairs. In fact, some might say the trip was uneventful. But it's weird, you know. It only takes one small event to turn an uneventful trip into one worthy of this call. i just come up with a plan for navigating the gumball machine maze. If I got a red gumball or any color with an R in it, I would go right. Any with an L, like blue or yellow, and I would go left. I was working on the problem of pinks and whites when I saw a billboard on the side of the road. It was an awful billboard. If I were a billboard reviewer, I would have given it one star. No, scratch that. I would have given it zero stars. That's right, the star rating of death. The rating that no restaurant or billboard can recover from. The zero star billboard in question was new. A large steel pole, painted black, and not a scratch on it led up to a rectangular sign whose colors hadn't even a hint of fading from the sun. There it was. In huge letters, a billboard announcing May's puns, Bubble Gumporium. Over a million gumball machines, it said. And then in white text in a black box at the bottom, the words, coming next year. Wait, what? Next year? What did that mean? I mean, I knew what it meant. I just didn't understand how I'd missed that in the commercial. I'm usually so good with details. Well, I said, we can turn around and go home. No reason to travel another foot forward on this gumball forsaken road. Kim and Jim seemed confused. What's wrong? They asked. The Gumporium. It isn't opening till next year. My mom gave me a pretty standard. Oh, no. And, I'm so sorry, you must be disappointed. Then she reminded me we were going to quickstand for Dad's work. Not mine. So, what am I supposed to do while Dad's having a blast at work? Just mope around some motel in the middle of the forest? No, said my dad. You'll get eaten by a bear. Not funny, I said. You'll find something to do, Lynn. You'll go explore the town. Maybe there will be something worth reviewing. Doubt it, I said. My dad didn't say anything, but I caught a glimpse in the mirror that said he didn't think I'd find anything to do either. We pulled into the town of Quickstand an hour later. It was late when we arrived. I couldn't see much of the town because it was dark. The sun had set, there were no streetlights, and not a single business left a light on. Lucky for me, Mr. Eerie, and I mean that however you want to take it. The next day would bring me into close contact with the inhabitants of Quickstand— A town whose name, I thought, must have a silent T, because it sure was feeling more like quicksand with every passing minute. In the city, one wakes to the sound of sirens. In the country, roosters rustle up sleepers. At the Sleep and Wake Motel in the town of Quickstand... It's a scratching sound on one of the walls that serves as an alarm clock. I don't know what time it was when I started hearing that scratching noise. I think I was mixing it into my dream at first. Then, when I finally realized that the scratching noise was real, I jumped out of bed. Instincts told me it was a bear, trying to break in and eat me for breakfast. My instincts aren't tuned to the forest, apparently, because when I looked out the front door peephole and the little sliding window in the bathroom, I didn't see a bear. I also realized my parents weren't in the motel room. True to form, Kim and Jim had put a note on the little light table between the beds. Took dad to work. Be back soon. Here's a tip you can pass on to any of your parental clients, Mr. Eerie. A note with no time on it is of limited use. I called the front desk to see if someone could check around the motel for a hungry bear. Guess what? No one answered. So far, the sleep and wake was getting two stars at most. Lynn R. Pear, I said to myself. You are 13 and a half years old. You can handle this. I grabbed the handle to the room's front door, flipped over the deadbolt, and cracked it open. Shoe bear! I yelled. Then I closed it. The scratching stopped. A few seconds later, I saw a raccoon scurry from under our room and across the gravel parking lot. Whoa! I said, letting out a long and deep breath. That was a close one. I know it wasn't actually a quote-unquote close one, but when your mind thinks you almost encountered a bear, it feels the same as if you actually did. About a half hour later, the motel room phone rang. It was Kim. I mean, my mom. I guess my dad's first appointment was outside of town, so I was on my own for breakfast, lunch, and maybe dinner. Explore the town, she said. Find some review-worthy food. I'm a tough girl, Mr. Eerie and I decided I wasn't going to let the gumbledum—sorry, the bubblegum debacle affect me— I decided to take on the town of Quickstand and review every last restaurant in it. With a renewed sense of purpose, I headed out from the sleep-and-wake towards the heart of the little town. I saw a wood sign in the shape of an arrow across the street from the motel. In the middle of the arrow, it said, Candle's Market, seven blocks. It seemed like a good place to start, so I followed the arrow. Three blocks in, and I had passed by a dozen or more businesses. A restaurant, a bakery, and a barbecue place. All of them were closed and looked like they had been for some time. Four blocks later, on the corner of Alder and Eddie, I was glad to find Candle's Corner Market with a little neon open sign blinking outside. The exterior of the store was, well, it wasn't pristine. Paint flaked off splintered wood slats. Posters and papers were stapled to walls. I looked closer at those walls and saw thousands of old staples pressed into the wood. It's kind of sad because each of those staples once pinned up some notice that must have been important to someone. Now, these little rusted and worn metal splinters were all that remained of whatever those events were. The few posters that were still pinned up were so bleached from the sun that they were impossible to read. In fact, the only things outside Candles Market that were readable were an illustrated town map and the large sign over the market's front door. And even those were in rough shape. For example, the Big Candles Corner Market sign with its cursive letters was badly discolored. Streaks of black covered the sign, and it was clear some part of the sign had fallen off years ago. So far, Candles Market was headed for a two and a half star rating. Still, it was the only thing open. I had two things on my shopping list, Mr. Eerie, bear repellent and a deli sandwich. You can't review corporate packaged food unless it's really odd and new, And I wasn't going to find anything new or unusual in candles. So I decided to look for something special, something made by a local quickstandian, something I could write about. I walked towards the market's front door and was just about to open it when I heard a voice. Two voices, actually. Excuse me, said one. Yeah, excuse him, said the other. I turned and found two boys standing on the sidewalk, They looked 10 years old, maybe 11. Both were dressed in black striped shirts. Both shirts were dirty and sporting more holes than a slice of Swiss cheese. Below their dirty striped shirts were dirty black shorts that looked like they'd been pants at some point in time. The two kids could be twins, I thought. But I doubt anyone has trouble telling them apart because the one closest to the store was missing an eye. And the other was missing all his teeth. All but one anyway. Honestly, it was more like a half-tooth, but when it comes to counting teeth, it's best to round up. Excuse me, I said in return. The one eye boy stepped forward. Tell them you're late because a colony of bees scared your horse away. What? I thought I couldn't have been more confused. I'm sorry, I said. Tell who about what horse. The boys looked at me with an odd confidence. Whoever you need the excuse for. Locals, I thought. It's their town, Lynn. Be nice. I'm sorry. I think you misunderstood. You said excuse me. And I said it back thinking I'd gotten in your way. With that, I stepped aside and gave them the after-you gesture. The boys' smiles faded. Oh, no thank you, they said. We're not allowed in there. That's right, we're trespassed. I tried not to crack a smile at the mispronounced word, trust-past. I think you mean trespassed, I said. They looked at each other. Nope, definitely trust-past, they said. I see. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, I said, hoping the boys would be on their way. But they remained right where they were and continued to stare at me. I'm Kyle said the one-eyed boy, and this is Smiles. The nearly toothless kid waved his hand at me and then returned it to his side. Nice to meet you, I said. I was about to give them my name when Kyle asked, are you going into the store? Yes, I said, unless you think I shouldn't. You should, said Kyle, followed by Smiles, who echoed, totally you should. I smiled. Okay, then, I think I will. Just as I began to open the door to the market, Kyle spoke again. Hey, new girl, will you get us something? I stopped. Oh, no thank you, I said. If you need something, you should feel free to get it yourself. We can't, they both said. Remember, we're trust passed. I have to admit, Mr. Eerie, I was curious about these kids. Normally, I try to make conversations with people I don't know short and to the point. But like I said, I was curious— So I went against better judgment and asked the same question you'd probably ask. Why exactly? Are you trust passed from the store? The boys paused, then looked up at the candle sign, then back at me. Grins formed on both of their faces. Because, said Kyle, we blew it up. Smiles laughed and said, boom! Yeah, we blew it up good. I didn't know if they were joking or being serious. Boys, especially ones their age, like to stretch the truth. Well, I said, I'm glad you're all right. What? What? No, we're not all right. Not all right at all, Kyle said. Oh, you're not, I asked. Totally, we're not, said Smiles. Well, what's wrong with you, I asked. We can't go into candles, and that means we can't get candles popsicles, said Kyle. I'll summarize the rest of the conversation for you, Mr. Eerie, because those two boys can really talk. They informed me in great detail that Candles Corner Market does not sell candles. Therefore, someone who wants to blow it up has to bring their own fire because they don't sell matches either. They also don't sell bear repellent. That information I uncovered on my own. What Candle's Corner Market does sell is popsicles. Handmade popsicles that it sounded like were of the five-star variety. They were made from some recipe passed down from a father named Frank Candle to his son and then from the son to a daughter. Kylan Smiles, who were banned for life from the store, wanted me to buy them these coveted popsicles, and I wanted to review them. So I went inside, found the little striped freezer display case, and returned to the boys with three popsicles in hand. Here you go, I said. Enjoy. Kyle looked at Smiles, and then Smiles looked at Kyle. Give it to her, said Kyle. Smiles reached into his back pocket and fished around for something. I was 100% hoping it wasn't a knife or firecracker. It wasn't. Smiles pulled out a card. He handed it to Kyle, who handed it to me. It was the size of a baseball card and the same thickness, too. The image was faded, but I could tell it wasn't of baseball. Even though the color was gone and the card was bent and abused, I know a hamburger promotion photo when I see one. Good for a free burger, said Kyle with a smile. Yep, a free burger, said Smile standing next to Kyle. I looked at the card. Flips, other side, burger dive. Is it still open, I asked. Not hearing a reply, I looked up and found Kyle and Smile were gone. But the day was starting to look up, Mr. Eerie. I had a Popsicle to review and had just gotten a lead on the last burger joint in Quickstand. I looked at the back of the card for an address and found one. My next stop was going to be Flip's Other Side Burger Dive. But you won't believe what happened when I got there. You see...
1: Well, that's a real shame. It appears my answering machine ran out of tape at this point in Miss Pier's message. Not to worry, a warning plays when this happens, informing callers of the situation and advising them to call back in a few minutes. This gives Erie staff time to change the tape and to ensure the call is not a mimic machine or some other type of answering machine mischief. With that said, I would ask that you tune into the next episode to hear the conclusion of this message. And, while that concludes another message from Mr. Eerie's mystery series, it's not the end of our appointment. I am pleased to announce that our detective agency is now accepting new recruits. Your first step to becoming an Eerie enlistee is to leave a five-star rating of this message, or if you prefer, a written review. Your support of our independent agency of intrigue is of the utmost importance. Please don't delay, leave a rating or review today. Tune in next time for the conclusion to this message. As always, we thank you for listening and wish you an undisturbing day.